Well, good afternoon, First Pres family. Uh, today is Tuesday, December the 8th. We hope that you are doing well. And thank you for joining us again uh, for another uh, episode of our midweek meditation. It's me and James Hurd here again today to have a devotional conversation this week about Matthew chapter 9. If you've been reading along with us in the FPO Bible Reading Plan, we've been marching through Matthew's account of the gospel. And late last week, we read Matthew chapter 9. And the reason why we've chosen this passage, particularly the end of Matthew 9, is this is a passage that for uh, for years, honestly, has, uh, has been one that I've come back to often. And uh, we're talking about Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 30. I'm going to read those for us, and then James and I are going to dive in together. It says this, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. James, you know, one of the observations that that I've got as we uh, dive into this passage is it's a a summary of sorts of Mm -hmm. what Jesus has been up to. Um, Matthew records for us, he's going throughout all the cities and villages, he's doing ministry, he's preaching the gospel. And then we get this beautiful picture uh, that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Mm -hmm. And so as you read and reflected on Matthew chapter 9, just just talk with us a little bit about uh, what the Lord was doing in your heart as you engage this text. Yeah. What I love about this passage is just what it shows us about who Jesus is on the inside. It's really easy for me to think about Jesus as a prophet and a teacher and a healer and the Lord who is crucified and all of the things that he did and said. But this passage gives us a window into the very heart of Jesus in a really beautiful and wonderful way where we kind of get this peeling back of him and and we just see Jesus looks around at all the people around him and he has compassion on them mm. because they are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And that shows us it humanizes Jesus for me in a really in a in a way that I need because he right. was human, he had emotion. I know what compassion is like and I even know what compassion is like as a human. And that helps me grapple with who Jesus is. It helps me grapple with what he's feeling. And that helps me even just understand how to relate with, you know, the triune God as he is also compassionate, as Christ is compassionate. And so one of these things, what what this passage does for me is just helping me see Jesus's heart. Mm. And I think I need that maybe more than I need to think about what he's done, though that's absolutely important. But knowing who he is usually brings a lot more comfort to my soul than thinking about some other things. What sure. about for you, Josh? Yeah, yeah. I think um, what's interesting is that Jesus' assessment, it says he saw the crowds and, and he had compassion because 
They were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so we know from reading some of the gospel accounts, Jesus encountered a lot of broken people. He encountered a lot of people with various ailments and diseases, but he, he encountered a lot of people that on the outside looked okay. He encountered religious leaders. He mm-hmm. encountered folks that seemingly were doing well on the outside. And yet the summary of the way Jesus sees the world, he sees the people, is that they're harassed and helpless. For Jesus, he sees people, he sees us as we are um, ultimately naked, in a sense, before the Lord. And his assessment is that we're harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And what it says to me is that from Jesus's perspective, the ultimate problem with every single one of us, the ultimate problem with the world is that it doesn't have an intimate relationship with Jesus, the good shepherd. Mm. And so it's just interesting to think that Jesus is the one who is the good shepherd. He's the fulfillment of Psalm 23. And here he is seeing the people, and he's saying, when I see them beyond just how they look on the outside, their problem is that they don't know me. Mm. Their problem is that they're not a part of my fold. Their problem is that they don't know the experience of being loved and guided and nurtured and protected and provided for by the Good Shepherd. And I think one of the ways that challenges me is just how easily I can fall into the trap of thinking that everybody has it together. Yeah. You know, we've we've said this before. We we live in a everything's fine culture. You know, like the the world may be burning down around me. My wife may hate me. My kids may loathe me. I might hate my job, whatever. And people are like, how are you? And it's like, oh, I'm fine, you know. And there's a sense in which what Jesus is doing is he is just ripping that away. Yeah. And he's saying, no, that when 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 he sees us, he sees us to our core. And if we're going to view the world the way Jesus views the world— then we've got to look beyond the facade, look beyond everybody saying everything's fine, and look to the heart and recognize that people uh, figuratively and literally are dying for a lack of knowing um, the Good Shepherd. And so I, I just think that's one thing here that just really it challenges my heart as I, as I look at people. Do I really see people yeah. in such a way that my heart is driven to this kind of compassion, to recognize what they need, what the world needs is the good shepherd. It needs Jesus. Yeah. Something you actually just said helped me make a connection I hadn't made before with this passage back to in 1 Samuel, where we're talking about David and uh, Samuel goes and he's looking at all of the sons of Jesse. He's like, oh, he's really tall and strong and big. And then you get that line where God says to Samuel, hey, man looks at outward appearance, but mm. the Lord sees the heart. That's right. And I've always thought about that. Like, yes, yeah, the Lord sees David's righteous heart. But also what we're seeing about Jesus right here is that he's, he looks past the outward appearance that we put up to people, and he sees our heart. That's right. He sees us when we are broken and when we are sad. He sees us in our joy and celebrates with us because he's our... Loving Father, he loves seeing us in blessing. Yeah, and I, I think one of the encouragements then for us is that Jesus isn't surprised 
or put off mm. by our brokenness. Yeah. We we put up a facade oftentimes because we think others won't receive us and love us if they really knew how broken we were. Mm-hmm. And part of what Jesus is saying is he's saying, hey, I see you. I see you. And even as we read on, that doesn't cause Jesus to disengage. It actually stirs Jesus' heart to compassion, which leads him to radically engage. We know ultimately he lays down his life to reconcile us back to the Father. But you see Jesus, of all people, getting his hands dirty in the lives of people. I mean, he tells the religious leaders and the Pharisees who think they have it all together, I didn't come to call the righteous, I came to call sinners. It's not those who are well who need a physician, it's those who are sick. And so we see Jesus drawn to broken people who know it. Uh, because his his seeing them drives his compassion, which stirs him to want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the other piece of this passage that's always been such a challenge and an encouragement to me, is we get this summary. Jesus sees the crowds. He has compassion. They're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And you get the sense the disciples are there the whole time. This is going on in the background. And then he turns to his disciples And he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Mm -hmm. So this picture of there's an unending harvest of men and women who need the shepherd and don't know him. But the laborers are few. Yeah. And you can almost back, yeah, that makes sense. And then I love it. He's like, hey, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. So pray, beg God to do something about it. And we're all like, yeah, God, do something about it. What I love is then (laughs) at the beginning of Matthew chapter 10, we didn't read these verses, but that's the... Uh, those famous stories where where Jesus calls the disciples together and he sends them out two by two. So just make the connection here. Jesus, he sees the crowds. He has compassion. He summarizes that to his disciples as a plentiful harvest that needs laborers. And then he tells the disciples, pray for laborers. And then he sends them out. Mm. And so it's this sense in which the disciples themselves are the answer to the problem of the plentiful harvest. Yeah. The disciples, we, and it's not just these super spiritual 12, it's us, me and you, uh, we are the answer to the plentiful harvest of our homes, of our neighborhoods, of this community. Uh, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Yeah. The world is dying for a lack of laborers. And Jesus is saying, pray that God would do something. And by the way, <laughs> You may or may not be the answer to your own prayer <laughs> as I send you out into the yeah, harvest. I might use that prayer in order to change how you're feeling about your coworkers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love that too. And just seeing the way that God is at work always around us. Uh, one of the things that stands out to me, I think one of the challenges for me as I'm as I'm thinking about verses like this and going and being salt and light in my community is... Right? Is there just some set way that I need to act as a Christian? Like, right. Do I need to act in X way so that they know that I'm a Christian and like sneakily give them the gospel? And here Jesus says, hey, go out and, and heal diseases and go up to people and talk to them. And in the sense that he's almost taking care of physical needs as an avenue into relationship and as an avenue into spiritual conversation. Right. 
right? Like the secret method is taking care of people mm. because they're helpless and without a shepherd. That's right. And we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus and care for those helpless people as Christians. That's right. And in our conversation, in our relationship, taking care of people physically is a deeply important thing. And that can often give us avenues to tell them about why we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Jesus empowers the disciples, in a sense, to get dirty in the lives of people, which then, as you said, not only meets physical needs, which is very important. The kingdom of God restores and saves us holistically. But then those relationships and avenues turn into an opportunity to share about Jesus, the good shepherd, the one they ultimately need to satisfy not just their physical needs, uh, but their spiritual needs of being reconciled back to God. As we close uh, today, just want to encourage you with, with a quick reminder of two things. This passage reminds us that Jesus sees us. <laughs> so we may be terrified, to be honest, uh, to anybody else, but the one who actually matters, he sees us fully, and yet he loves us. He has compassion for us. But then also, uh, Jesus, in his providential, sovereign wisdom, for whatever reason, has chosen us to be the answer to the plentiful harvest, not only around the world, you know, globally, but right here in our own community. And so we can live boldly and confidently that God wants to use us right here yeah. uh, in Auburn, in Opelika, uh, in Lee County, and ultimately to the ends of the earth. Hope you guys have a great uh, rest of your week. We love you. We look forward to being together next week. Yeah. Thanks, Josh.